Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts. And if you like our show, Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love Disco Nights with host Chase Masterson and special guests every week. All new episodes premiere every Thursday night wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, this is not Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if I was around, I would definitely be listening to Inglorious Trexperts, the new podcast from the people who brought you the 430 movie. Check it out, 430movie.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. This is Mark Altman, and welcome to Kung Fu Fighting Week. Da 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 da. It's your martial arts expert, Saya, Darren Doctorman, Steve Monday Melching. Saya, my snake style kung fu is far superior to your eagle claw. And of course, Ashley, the eel Miller. Hi. Hi. It's more like... Hi. 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 It's cultural appropriate oh, on the 430 movie. I'm just oh. saying hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. Well, hi. have we got a we- an action-packed week for you. This is a week of, of martial arts, kung fu. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's nonstop action. Karate. So, <laughs> karate. Perhaps a little bit of karate. I, I the mean, way of the fist, you. which is not porn. Watch it. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you think this is? This is the 430 movie. Uh, 430 kind of in the afternoon, young man. movie. <laughs> well, this is exciting. Movie. So when when did you guys when did you guys sort of discover the worlds of kung fu movies and martial arts? I mean, this is definitely something again, 430 movie esque. The sort of films of certainly on um, Channel Nine in New York, more so than Channel Seven, um, because they they seem to have the lowest budgets to license films. But um, wh- wh- what was your introduction to the world of of of, of these films, uh, Steve Melching? Well, mine absolutely was on television. It was certainly on shows like the Four Thirty Movie. You know, probably like a Saturday afternoon movie or something late at night on the weekend, and. Um, you know, it was kind of a revelation. I, I, th- I thought they were really fun to watch. And, uh, um, you know, it really, they really captured my imagination for a period of time in my uh, junior high and high school years. You know, w- one of the fun things about the show is I always try and guess what you guys are going to pick because n- none of us have any idea what the other person is going to pick. So, you know, for this week, Darren, I have absolutely no idea whatsoever what your pick is going to be. That so, makes two I, of us. I'm going to be a, so surprised. <laughs> is this a genre that you're a big fan of, Darren? I never got into kung fu movies. I I just never did. I mean, I I saw them. I, I you know I I saw that they existed on television, and uh, I just I just was never pulled in by them. 
Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cover the movies that I am familiar with uh, this week, hopefully. And if I'm not, uh, it'll be a nice uh, opening of a new world for me to uh, right. be exposed to. So, so I'm looking you're, you're forward saying to that. it could be the man with the golden gun. He's you got know. a powerful weapon. He charges a million shots. But that, that you know, unfortunately, this was during the 70s where Bond would capitalize on whatever the fad right. was. So you had black exploitation, live and let die. You had Star Wars, Moonraker, and of course, uh, least successfully, I would Always argue. Always got to be about Bond for you. Is it? the man with the golden <laughs> gun, which was kung fu films. Well, Woody and, Allen uh, never made a kung fu movie unless he. He did. He, What's up, Tiger Lily? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> <laughs> and he, yes, he regrets did. having done that because he feels that, uh, you know, by redubbing it and making a serious, a serious movie into a comedy, he was being disrespectful to the filmmakers. But uh, oh. it's still funny. He got some great jokes in it. They're trying to get the egg, uh, the the recipe for perfect uh, egg, uh, egg drop soup, egg, <laughs> eggs, egg noodle soup or egg soup or I don't remember. You got egg drops. Br- brush up on your Woody Allen movies. Uh, you know, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, in a very long time. I'm not a big Loving Spoonful fan, right? So, anyway, <laughs> Ashley, tell us about your your passion for Wuxia, for uh, martial arts, for King. I was going to King Kong for Kung Fu. For King, Kong, King Fu. Kong Fu. I love it when giant monkeys kick the shit out of dinosaurs using only their hands and their feet. <laughs> right, you haven't lived until you've seen a 50-foot monkey with a black belt go ham on an entire city. It's it's the best. Mm. Um, honestly, first of all, I want to say to Darren and really to all of you, I think last week after I, I brought in my horizons to, to Annie Hall, it, it warms my heart to see you guys coming a little bit this way. <laughs> coming a little bit this way. I love it. That's extremely um, little. I, I think, I think some of you were coming week. a little further than others. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I grew up with this stuff on um, Everleven, UHF, Channel 20. Um, when I was a kid, there was always the Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, Kung Fu block of films. It was all the Bruce Lee stuff. It was Jackie Chan. Like it just, you know, they, they, they played it all. I won't name names because God only knows what's going to come up on this show. Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I learned so much. Like I went through most of my childhood thinking that when you punched somebody, it sounded like you shot an elephant, right? Like that's, that's what I thought. Um, I was always confused when people spoke to me and their lips synced up with their words. Uh, I, I like, I loved all of it. I, um, I don't know if I was like, if I'm like Quentin Tarantino love all of it, but, but I loved all of it when I was a kid. So I'm very excited about it. I'm excited that Ashley has probably actually seen my pick, uh, which is more than I can probably say for Darren and Mark. That's Well, we'll be the judge of that, young man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I probably watched them on Channel 20 as well. And, uh, you know, uh, come to think of it, the first movie I ever made or tried to make uh, was a Kung Fu movie. When I was in high school, I had my Super 8 camera and me and my good friend Dave McDermott uh, started to make a kung fu movie called The Clone Master, in which, be- and it was The Clone Master because there were only three of us. So Thanks. I played the hero, Kyogi the Wanderer. Uh, my friend Dave played the evil clone master who had sorcery by which he could summon cl- an army of clones 
to battle Kyogi so we, our same friend could fight me over and over again nice. as a clone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we sped up the film so we could do, you know, fast martial arts action. I had some nunchucks that I could do at super high speed with the camera trickery. Uh, you know, it's good, good time. And then you did the sequel, The Clone Master and Commander. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm impressed, Steve. That I'm really impressed because my early um, Super 8 movies were things like Attack of the Killer Avocados. So I was paying homage to a shitty genre, whereas you were actually doing cool stuff. Yeah, I did my famous trilogy, Attack of the Killer Avocados, Revenge of the Killer Avocados, and, uh, of course, The Good, the Green, and the Ugly, which was my favorite. <laughs> so, that was the one that was like three hours long. Well, you know, my parents, my parents had this bowl of fake avocados in the living room, which I never understood, but they were very yeah. easy to use for, uh, for stop motion. Well, you, so, you, started, somehow. you started the genre of uh, guacamole westerns. Oh, <laughs> that's really hey, no. funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I thought for sure uh, you were going to say your first film was like a take on my dinner with Andre. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> because we didn't have sync sound. You know, my early Super 8 cameras, you know, they were silent. So you couldn't, yep. they, you, they could be very dialogue intensive, you know. I mean, it really wasn't until college that I actually was making stuff, which is actually a, per there's a perfect segue into the Kung Fu movies, because, of course, a lot of the movies are being made in China and being made in Hong Kong, like the spaghetti westerns didn't have sync sound where they the, the sound was dubbed after the fact all the dialogue and it made it easier um later on when the, a lot of these movies were never subtitled they dubbed for other territories right. to just have different people record uh record the dialogue um i gotta ask you how many you know because my first i think experience with with the world of of, of kung fu was literally kung fu the old tv series sure. with david carradine which you know uh as as the legend goes he sort of they sort of stole from bruce lee uh right. the concept for for kung fu but man i i loved that show as a kid you know it seemed you know it had action it, it had sort of a, cere a cerebral quality to it you know i haven't watched it in you know forever but um, I remember, you know, it just felt and it felt very different because it felt like there was a lot of like location shooting it felt different than anything else that was on TV at the time. Well, it was definitely um, taken from from uh, Bruce Lee's pitch for a show. And I, I can I say this with authority because I have seen Bruce Lee's actual notes, like his handwritten notes, the drawings that he did, like all kinds of crazy stuff. This was a couple of years ago, um, like in the first time they tried to develop the, the new Kung Fu series kind of based on that. Um, with uh, Justin Lin's company and and it was just fascinating to me like seeing all of that and and just sort of seeing like how he depicted things I, I think it I look I, I love Kung Fu the series but uh, but it definitely like it, it definitely came from Bruce Lee in my opinion um, I don't know that there's a lot of people who disagree with that I also heard a great story about the making of the the Kung Fu the legend continues uh, show that was in syndication. Sure. In the nineties, I think. In the nineties, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the directors of that show was a was a director on Andromeda, and I'm not going to say which one just to protect the innocent. But he was telling us that that David Carradine's behavior, for various and sundry reasons, became increasingly erratic. Uh, to the point where it was just dangerous to have him fight on set. So as the seasons wore on, they gave him more and more Kung Fu 
powers until finally he could just walk into a room and everybody would fall over. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. You know, um, that show, uh, the showrunner was Maurice Hurley. It was the show that he did for Cindy first run syndication after he left next generation. And of course uh, he ended up uh, Shatner directed a few episodes of that Mm -hmm. uh, because him and Hurley became friendly um, after they met because, you know, there were two scripts being developed for Star Trek Generations. One of them was the Maurice Hurley draft that never got made. And so him and Shatner became kind of tight. And um, Shatner ended up doing a couple episodes of of, uh, of Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. But now I really want to watch it based on what you said. Um, by the way, speaking of television, uh, this is a shameless plug for our sister podcast. If you haven't listened to the Inglorious Trexperts holiday special, you owe it to yourself. We do a countdown of the 101 greatest sci-fi and fantasy episodes ever. And it's a hoot. Four hours. <laughs> um, four parts. And, no, it's, uh, eight it's eight hours. hours. Oh, it's eight hours. Excuse yeah. me. It's eight hours, four, four parts. parts. You can drive up corrected. and down the East Coast. Yeah. So if you can't fly, which you shouldn't be doing in the pandemic, but you're driving somewhere, it's perfect. Because you could literally, like just listen to us the whole trip and have an episode just to listen to on the way back. I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone actually. (laughs) Well, it's been interesting and we're going to do a special um, episode where um, we're going to look back at the countdown and some of our viewers um, (laughs) bring you a retrospective. We're going to have a a three, a three hour special looking back. Yeah. It's, it's uh, so if you're looking for something to do, uh, uh, you know, not the holidays are over. Um, you may want to check out the uh, Inglorious Trexperts uh, hi- holiday ca- holiday specials. Uh, four parts, eight hours, 101 episodes. Legend. Legendary. Eight hours. That's what you call discipline, right? Just oh my god! I know it was eight hours. That was that was tough, but we did it. We, did we got it. through it. People seem to like it. So. Uh, at least part one. They're in for a world of hurt by the time they get to part four. But uh, <laughs> but the response so far has been uh, has been very positive. So check that out if you're a fan of sci-fi TV. But right now, we're talking about kung fu fighting and martial arts films. So I want to look at Mr. Monday, Steve Melching, who's going to lead us in curating a fantasy theme week of classic martial arts wonders. Steve, right. what's it going to be? Uh, all right. Yeah, well, as we've touched on a little bit, the... The kung fu or martial arts genre is is actually a pretty surprisingly broad genre. You know, it can include a lot of technically it could you could you could say Rocky is a martial arts movie because there's fisticuffs in it, um, and there is the Eye of the Tiger. Yes, there is. Yeah, um, you know, and, and it can encompass anything from some of the early stuff in the fifties and sixties, the Bruce Lee stuff to uh, the, the great Hong Kong uh, series of films, to you know, stars like Jackie Chan and Jet Li and Stephen Chow and Donnie Yen. Um, but then there's the American side. You got your Chuck Norris, you got your Steven Seagal, and you got your Muscles from Brussels, you got your Jean-Claude Van Damme. So you know, these films have kind of persisted for the last 40, 50 years now. Um, and there's an awful lot of them. And, I wouldn't call myself an aficionado by any means. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of martial arts fans that are disappointed by our, rel- you know, at least my relatively shallow knowledge of martial arts movies. But uh, my my fondness for those films is basically centered around the Hong Kong films of the 70s 
and uh, and my choice comes smack in the middle of that uh, era, and it was it might have been the first martial arts movie I saw. Uh, it's certainly one I've seen the most, and uh, it's a ton of fun. It's it's actually a sequel. Uh, to a film called One Arm Boxer that came out in 1971. Um, but my choice is from 1976 uh, and it is called Master of the Flying Guillotine. Or as the Chinese say, guillotine. Um, <laughs> from beyond the outer limits of your imagination, he's the master of the flying guillotine. And he's ready to blow your mind. With more nerve-shattering special effects than you have ever seen before. It's a trip into a world where warriors from the ends of the universe meet in combat that knows no boundaries. So this is a movie... I feel like Stefan, it has it all. It has a one-armed fighter. It has a blind guy. It has a martial arts tournament. It has crazy martial arts powers. It's got all kinds of weapons, um, but it's, it's, it's really great. It, it's the story, it's, it's your classic Kung Fu movie story of a blind master whose students were killed and he is seeking revenge on the one-armed boxer who killed his students. Uh, of course, turns out his students, you know, uh, were were bad, and so this guy's the villain. But it uh, was a one-armed boxer. One-armed boxer, and this, <laughs> and he came into my school. <laughs> you don't come into my dojo and throw down a challenge and leave. So, uh, <laughs> so this this blind master is actually a master of the flying guillotine, which is one of the great martial art weapons of all time. It looks like a friggin' flying lampshade on a chain, and you. We snap this thing open and throw it and it lands on the head of your opponent and a series of blades on the inner circumference decapitates the head and he can withdraw the chain back and, and dump the head out and, uh, and it's ready to go again and decapitate someone else. It's also and great it, for opening beers, <laughs> by the way. And, and it's thorough. It's got a great sound, a whistling sound effect when it's thrown. It's, now it's, how much would you pay? It's hilarious. <laughs> And then, of course, his uh, his target is uh, is this one armed boxer who is a, a a good man who has opened his own uh, kung fu uh, studio and uh, has a whole bunch of students. And I I love his introduction because he's he's sort of you know looking at his students that are training uh, and uh, he's going to show them something new, this new jumping technique, and uh, which will enable them to almost be weightless. And there's a great scene when he's like gathers all the students inside and he's like going to show them this thing. And he basically does this sort of Fred Astaire dancing on the ceiling thing where he walks up the wall across the ceiling and then back down the other wall. And the students are marveling at that. And he goes, that's all I'm going to show you today. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that's it. Just a little taste. So, of course, in the grand tradition of so many of these martial arts films, there's a big tournament happening at, an, at a big, you know, kung fu studio. And so fighters a from a, a dojo. So fighters from all across the land. I don't think it's a dojo in China. It's a, um, what do they call it? Dojo is Japanese, I believe. Right. What, uh, what is a Chinese martial arts studio called? A, uh, it would be a sifu rather than a sensei. Right. Ah. Yes. Perfect. But um, <laughs> so, so fighters from across the land 
with all their varied techniques, you know, will gather for this big tournament, this elimination tournament. And so you get a great sequence that takes up about 30 or 40 minutes of this 90 minute movie. That's just one pair of guys fighting, you know, pairs of people fighting and, and mutilating and killing each other in, in various colorful styles. And one of my favorites is this guy, there's this uh, Indian, they call him the yoga or the yogi. And his power is he can like stretch his arms out really long. They'll like extend out to be like six feet long. So he can like strangle you from six feet away and you can't land a glove on him. Can't lend a fist or a foot on him. It's friggin' hilarious. Um, and of course the, uh, the, the, the guillotine master thinks that this tournament will draw out the one-armed boxer so that he can take his revenge on him. And the one on boxer, of course, is there and the guillotine master shows up and uh, they're going to have a throwdown. And the whole third act of this movie is the, uh, the one arm boxer taking on the victors in this tournament for who, for some reason, all sort of align with the guillotine master. So this guy has to fight all of these badasses that have been murdering people for the previous 40 minutes. Uh, until he finally faces off against the uh, guillotine master in a very clever set piece that uh, he's able to trick the guillotine master's keen sense of hearing and, you know, the, the, the heightened senses that he uses to compensate for his blindness and, uh, and ultimately take him on. And, you know, a very similar thing happened to Worf. In, oh, in Purgatory Shadow. That's right. <laughs> Was that one of the top 100 uh, episodes? You know what? Well, you have to listen and find out. Listen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to know? Is that an hour Eight five? hours, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other great distinctive things, so the, the, the one-armed boxer is played by a guy named Jimmy Wang Yu, who also wrote and directed the movie. Um, it was made in Hong Kong. And um, one of the other great things about this movie is the soundtrack. It's got the craziest freaking soundtrack. It's all this, what they call it, kraut rock, this German rock from like the 70s. So there's there's a Tangerine Dream cut in this. There's a Kraftwerk piece in this. And uh, one of the it's biggest- Falco, no. It, one of the biggest fans of this movie uh, is Quentin Tarantino. And one of the times yeah. I saw this movie was at that, uh, that, that kind of dive movie theater in Santa Monica on 2nd Street. I can't remember what it was called. It was like a three or four plex right on 2nd Street off the promenade. And I saw it there at like a midnight movie. And Tarantino was sitting across the aisle from me. I recognized him from Reservoir Dogs. Like, oh, there's Quentin Tarantino. And he was yuck, yucking it up through his thing. And he liked this movie so much that he used the same piece of music that was the guillotine master's theme as the bride's theme in kill mm, bill. Right. Um, and uh, oh gosh, what else? So um, it's just, uh, it's just a really fun movie. The, the version that I watched it, there's a version on YouTube that you can watch. It's on Peacock. There's a DVD out, but it was funny the way the version I watched was kind of indifferently switching between dubbed Cantonese and dubbed in English, subtitled Cantonese and dubbed English. Like even within the same scene, suddenly he'd speak a couple of lines in Chinese with subtitles and then he'd be back to bad English dubbing. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty friggin' hilarious. So um, master of the flying guillotine. It's a well, great you know, time. I'm, I'm really surprised because knowing your taste, uh, I really thought you were going to pick uh, enter the Muppets. 
where Kermit uh, is walking <laughs> the earth and, uh, uh, you know, Miss Piggy, uh, you know, has to save him from bandits who uh, try and stop him. Your sensei. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, he sort of has his fool, his, you know, uh, Fozzie Bear who follows Kermit around as he walks the earth and Miss Piggy is there to protect him. I have to tell you, the Muppets version of this movie would not be more B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas than than the movie already is. And I think one of the... <laughs> One of the one of the great things about it, and what I love about Steve starting the week off with with his film, is that it it, it kind of points out something that that many of the uninitiated don't quite realize is that there is this very strong um, fantasy element to a lot of these films. Um, that you know, a lot of the the sort of the weirdness and the fighting, like the yogi, like all of that, like you know, walking on the ceiling, like there's a there's a surreal sort of magical thing happening, um, and. And something else that's just kind of when you watch them, you sort of meditate on them as musicals with big dance numbers. It, it changes your your entire perspective. So, I mean, as much as these movies are about the fighting, like there's so much more to them than just the fighting. Like there's just there's an entire like there's mythology behind them. There's dance, there's choreography. Um, and when you really break it down as as insane as it can be, it's really quite beautiful. And you just kind of wonder how in the hell they, they pulled some of it off without actually killing people. Well, well these, these, how... these actors are incredible athletes, you know? I mean, the, the people that, there may not be the group, they might be, they're athletes, not really actors, <laughs> generally. They're incredible martial artists and athletes. And the stuff that they're able to pull off, I mean, you know, you're surprised there's not a higher body count in the making of these movies. Well, the there, there may very well be, but they, <laughs> well, there, there has been. I mean, when yeah. you look at how seriously injured and, you know, and sometimes killed people have been making these, you know, these films, particularly in the 70s and 80s, um, you know, because people were putting, you know, and, and uh, you know, so many people that retired young because they just so, you know, destroyed their bodies doing these stunts. And I mean, it, there was no CG and, you know, it wasn't even this kind of safety measures that, you know, Hollywood that would have on, on some of its movies. I mean, it, what they did was extraordinary. Um, but I have to say, you know, it's interesting what Ashley said, because, of course, that was how, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon became the number one grossing foreign language movie in the United States because they marketed it as the love story and they marketed the choreography as a dance. They sold the whole fight choreography as, as dancing, you know, and they said, this is something like you would see at Lincoln center, you know, except you so they downplayed the whole idea of, um, uh, the, the, you know, the martial arts and the Kung Fu and all that to, to you know, and basically said, you know, it's, it's like a musical, and, uh, you know, this great romance. And, you know, as a result, you had all these people who would never see a kung fu movie, a martial arts movie, going to see it and became, you know, wildly successful. Well, that whole sequence where, uh, um, where, uh, uh, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I had his name in my head and I'm just blanking it. Chow Young Fat. Chow Young Fat is chasing uh, Zhang, Zhi Zong, Zhang Zi. Uh, and, or, and they're skipping across the water and then floating up into the bamboo forest. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. No, By the not. way, I just want to say for the record that, you know, there are potentially a lot of pitfalls with this week with pronunciation. And I would like to just remind everyone <laughs> that I don't know how to pronounce Patrick Mackney. So... <laughs> 
so if I or any of us screw up any of that, the wrong syllable. Yes, I mean, yeah. please send your complaints to Jessica Von Baker. Okay. No, 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 Steve, you, you don't understand because you haven't listened to the eight hours yet. <laughs> but uh, we talked about um, uh, War of the Gods, the Battlestar Galactic episode. And for about 10 minutes, uh, he was uh, gushing enthusiastically about this episode and the brilliant performance of Count Ibley, which he was able to pronounce, and uh, Patrick Mackney. I could not <laughs> until we finally explained mercifully that it's it was Kanker. Kanker McNee. And having been in that situation myself, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Ashley was very appreciative because I know after you know about an hour of going on about um, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, 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 the Pootcomer. Uh, yeah, uh, that 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 uh, it was it was nice to actually find out that his name was not uh, uh, you know Puttermaker or whatever the yes, that's <laughs> what right. I said. Well, um, I, you know, I had been pronouncing it Gal Gadot for too long until I know right. it's it's Gal Gadot. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, and I just got corrected. I called her Gal Gadot, and my wife said, "No, it's Gal Gadot." No, so I know. Not. I'm sure she listening says to the Gadot. podcast. I say Gadot. Tomato. You say tomato. tomato. I say tomato. <laughs> So, and after watching Wonder Woman 84, let's call the whole thing off. Oh, oh hey now. my God. Did you guys watch it this week on HBO Max? No. Yeah. This, this well, should we... be this should be a much later episode of the 430 movie. What um, is it going to be? Uh, bad films we wanted to see. <laughs> did you see Soul? <laughs> did you guys yes. see Soul? I, I haven't seen see Soul. Soul yet. I, I, Soul is I lovely. Spent I really many, liked it. Too many tries trying to watch the Wonder Woman movie. Ah, okay. I, I really like Soul too. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Well, when we do Pixar Week, uh, maybe it'll make the cut because we've we've done Animation Week, but it might be time for Pixar Week. Sure, you know? it very well. So we could we'll be. we'll have to see. Okay, so yeah. that brings us great pick, Steve. I'm I have to say this is another one of those films I have not seen, but I intended to be my New Year's resolution, 2022. Now I will watch it before then. It's it's uh, a hoot, and I bet your kids would enjoy it too. It's really especially uh, the decapitations. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a 70s kung fu movie. Yeah, it's violent, but it's that really cheesy looking kung fu blood that's just too red and too pasty. You know, it's not. It's nah, not really look, you don't have to make excuses. I, I, I'm sold. It sounded great. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's interesting because I really feel like there was that time in the 90s when we, right when we were all starting to hang out where we were seeing. I mean, it wasn't so much martial arts. And Wuxia, as we were seeing, like Hong Kong movies, you know, it was that era of Hard Boiled and the Killers. And I mean, there was Ringo Lamb, City on Fire, and all that stuff, and Bride, you know, Bride with the White Hair, which would qualify. But you know, that was becoming very popular in the '90s. And we would go to the New Art and the Cinematheque and all these theaters that were playing it in LA. I mean, that to me was sort of where I became more educated about this stuff because I wouldn't say that in the '70s and '80s it was something other than with the Golden Gun that I really knew. Right. It was really in the '90s where. And it was, I think part of that was also, you know, Tarantino really popularized, pop, popularized, popularized it. Thank you. Yeah. Patrick Mackney. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, and, and that was sort of when it became a lot more major. And then of course with Crouching Tiger, and then there was that whole succession of movies, which may show up. So I don't want to talk about them. So that brings us to Tuesday. Didn't they, didn't they call those gun foo? Gun right. That was uh, John Wick. Was, yeah, that's yeah. A, well, Gun Fu paved the way for John Wick. I mean, John yeah. Wick's great, but John Wick, you know, obviously owes a debt. It's not, it's not ripping it off. It's, it's definitely paying homage to the the Gun Fu of you know it John owes Wu a, a and all debt. Yeah. What? 
it owes a blood debt. That sounds like it owes yeah. But yeah, that's 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 a whole nother episode. That's a whole potentially a whole nother week is gunfu. Yeah. Um we maybe we should do a gunfu week. So but uh, because the lethal weapons in these movies are people's hands, not not their weapons. So that brings us to Tuesday. Speaking of lethal weapons, it's Darren Doctorman. Darren, what's your pick for Tuesday? Well, my pick for Tuesday is uh, something that uh, uh, came as a, a big surprise. Uh, it sort of came out of nowhere for me, who didn't follow any of these, uh, uh, the Hong Kong movies uh, especially, or uh, any of the uh, martial arts films, certainly uh, until much later. This, uh, this movie came out in 2001 in China. And then later it, uh, it debuted in, uh, in the United States and elsewhere. Um, but it is the brainchild of Stephen Chow, who has uh, become sort of the, the modern uh, master of these kind of films. And uh, certainly in the Hong Kong film world, he is, you know, he is the top, the top man. Um, this uh, is... You know, it, it's the triple threat. He directed, he wrote, and he stars in it. And it is completely batch crazy. <laughs> um, it is Shaolin Soccer. Yeah. Long ago, in this sacred temple, six best friends learned the secrets and mastered the power of an art called <laughs> Shaolin Kung Fu. Now, they've lost their way, but one man is getting them back together. Kung Fu is perfect for sports. To remind them of the courage they still have and apply it to a game they've never played. Kung Fu Soccer. Pow! It will take time. Hey, he's there! He's coming down! Ah, uh, it will take practice. When you can kick an egg without breaking it, then you can join us. Oh, and it will take the talents of a young girl. You're beautiful. And a kung fu master? You got it all. You cannot describe this film. I mean, you can try, but it's, it's not successful because it is complete. Forget what you know or think you know. Because it's a completely different world. It's a, it's a strange sort of uh, hyper-realistic uh, uh, reality where, where Kung Fu skills are um, magic. And it's unbelievable. It's a story about a, uh, a young Shaolin follower reunites with his discouraged brothers to form a soccer team using their martial arts skills to their advantage. <laughs> and, and they do indeed. It's like um, victory. It's <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. I was just going to say, Sylvester Stallone and Pele were, and Michael Caine were really good. My too. goodness. It's, I mean, flaming balls, folks. <laughs> flaming balls. Yeah. Teach so I mean, hard. They, they should have they called it flaming balls of justice. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. They just crazy choreographer, choreographed um, scenes with... Uh, not a lot of fighting, but a lot of um, sort of expertise and and skills in uh, goal, 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 
It's unfreaking believable. And uh, the uh, the original cut is about uh, 110 minutes or so. The uh, American cut is 87 minutes. And uh, I haven't seen the foreign cut yet, uh, but um, from what I hear, 87 minutes is plenty <laughs> uh, because everything you'd want to see is there. And it's just, it's jam packed peewee. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that it, it sort of creates its own reality around it and you just have to go along and it's, it's really magical and crazy as <laughs> you know, there are a lot of um kind of uh, yes i don't want to say tropes but i will because i can't think of a different word of the of the kung fu film right that that the the movies of the 70s really laid down there's always a school there are two schools there are competing schools there's the there's the sifu there's the teacher right it's like you've got your temple um there's a very often there's a, a competition and what's really brilliant about Shaolin Soccer is it takes all of those tropes and just transposes them to soccer. That's it. That's all it does. It just, it takes those things and it changes the arena. Right. And when it does that, it elevates it and it makes it completely brilliant. It's so funny. Stephen Chow has got just this amazing comic timing. Um, all of these guys are just hilarious uh, in his movies. And because they're all these incredibly, in incredible athletes, incredibly well-trained stuntmen, like just the physical comedy works in ways that just you, you can't believe. It's like, what if you watched a Jackie Chan movie where everyone was Jackie Chan? Right. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's that crazy. And it's that imaginative. It's, I don't know how much crack you'd have to smoke to like, to come up with half of that movie, but you'd have to smoke a lot of it, a whole lot of it. Uh, it Cause it's as you know, it's, it makes master of the flying guillotine look like uh, Serpico. I mean, it's just, in terms of just how grounded it is versus yeah, in like reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Guillotine is one of those great, you know, gritty seventies uh, movies. Cause at least it has a, a KTEL <laughs> device that you can use. Yes. You would kill Slices a man with an eight track tape. Wait, no. <laughs> uh, well, especially if it's in the mouth of two XL. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Two XL, two XL needed the money. <laughs> Wait, is that what you're talking about? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and watch your 2XL make his return engagement on this podcast. <laughs> so that's um, my pick for Tuesday. Great, a great Potter. pick. A great pick. We're off to a really good start. For a week, we weren't sure uh, how it was going to turn out. But now that brings us to Ashley. Oh, and guys. it'd be so interesting because obviously, you know, Ashley lives and dies for this. And, and uh, he's had so many out of the box picks. And, you know, with this week, you can go out of the box, you can go in the box, uh, mainstream, not mainstream would be very interesting. What's in so the box? <laughs> and my pick for wet for Thursday is Wednesday or whatever day it is, is Gwyneth Wednesday. Paltrow's head. Uh, <laughs> the motion picture. Removed uh, by the flying guillotine. <laughs> that's right. And uh, and placed and used as a soccer ball. And, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Guys, uh, God, I feel like I should be doing Thursday just so I could give the whole, but I could talk about speech. Nope. nope um, that's for Friday. Yeah. I, I, I'm in such a strange position. Choose something. <sighs> okay. I, I can't even, <laughs> again, I'm in a place where I can't even troll Mark this week because he would be like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what that is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna go with three men and a baby. All right, on to Thursday. Okay, Thursday. <laughs> All right, now, um, okay, so I am going to go a little bit out of the box. Uh, and, but it's only a little bit out of the box in the sense that, look, over time, uh, kung fu films and how the kung fu films of the 70s, um, how that whole genre has influenced um, kind of films in that category going forward, I mean, it, it, it's evolved. Right, like and now it's kind of split into different branches. There are very, you know, out of control kind of fantasy wuxia movies like Shaolin Soccer or Stephen Chow's like very popular follow up that I shall not name because it co- could come up on the show. Like or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is also like it's very fantastical and it's very much about the magic. Um, and I'm only naming that because we we spoke of it earlier. Um, or you can get really down and dirty and gritty and nasty, right? And there are some movies with fights that you cannot believe, with classic scenes that you have seen because American directors have basically ripped them off um, because they are just that amazing. And I have just, I've wrestled with this for days. And I think the only way for me to truly go out of the box on this is to just go inside the box and pick um uh, it's a movie that was um made in indonesia released in 2011 oh yeah it was the start of a franchise uh and it's a police story it's a very simple police story about some cops who go to a tenement where people are making drugs they get locked inside and all hell breaks loose for about an hour and 45 minutes. And when I say all hell breaks loose, I mean hell because the violence in this movie is completely off the hook. You feel every hit, you feel every kick, every gunshot. It's got the gun fu, it's got the kung fu, it's got Muay Thai, it's got uh, all of it, man. Um, And I am referring to Gareth Evans' magnum opus, The Raid. Selamat pagi. Mungkin anda sudah mendengar kalau kita kedatangan tamu tadi undang. Selamat bekerja dan jangan lupa bersenang-senang. Uh, the Raid was followed by The Raid 2 Redemption, which is even crazier in many of the ways that The Raid is crazy, not as good, but not as good, even though there are people who say, oh, Re- The Raid Redemption is much better. It's not because the story just isn't as good. The story in The Raid is so simple. It's so clean. It's a survival story. You love all of these cops. You fully believe that they are in up to their necks, including the hero who you know is a badass. Um, It has amazing fights. It has amazing fight choreography. And not only that, it's shot like just so incredibly well to the point where you don't even see the cuts at times. It it feels like these things could be a oneer, right? Like it's just, but you know that they can't be like, you have to go back and rewatch them to go, oh my God, there was actually a cut there because 
the fight was just so incredibly well conceived and so incredibly well shot. Um, and it's visceral in the, in the best ways. The, um, the, the final fight, the climactic fight is really just three dudes in a room and one dude, the bad guy kicking the crap out of two of our heroes. And it's just, and you feel like our heroes are outnumbered. Uh, and it ends like in a way that, that, that isn't just kind of violent and bloody. It's, it feels earned in the sense that, um, that our heroes are, are making a choice that they were loath to make, that, uh, that, that killing was a choice they had to make in order to survive as opposed to just a way to win a fight. Um, but a lot of the fights are like that. And it just, it feels legit. Like it, it's just such a, it's such a no brainer. It's in like in the best way. It's just such a perfect high concept. Um, it's people are just locked in the arena and they fight. It was, it was, I guess um, Alex Garland paid homage to it with dread. And look, I actually really dig dread. I think, I think dread is pretty awesome, but, um, but it's the same basic concept in dread, but the rate is great. The fights are great. It is so well paced. It is so well made. Um, if you watch it, you won't be th just like we were talking about the Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You won't be thinking, "Oh, I'm watching a kung fu movie." But you are. You absolutely are. It's it's one of my favorites. I can watch it again and again. I can just watch the fight scenes again and again. They're that great. Well, I love the raid too. I think the raid is great. And it was a revelation when I saw it. I remember it was the talk of uh, I was at the Citrus Film Festival. It wasn't the year I was there with Steve, um, but I, I don't think. No. I remember everyone was talking about you got to go see this movie, The Raid, and I knew nothing about it. And you know, I went to see it. it. Was absolutely you know blown away by the action and just you know how original and how cool it was. So it, in fact, it almost was my pick. I'm glad, <laughs> obviously, that I didn't pick it. Um, I'm glad you picked it because you saved me from, from having to go there because there's so many other great choices. Um, but yeah, it's a great, that's a great pick. I actually haven't seen it. I have heard of it uh, many times and uh, it's somehow it slipped, slipped past me and it's been on my list. And uh, after hearing you guys talk about it, I definitely want to check it out. Oh, you dig it. You, you yeah. dig it. it. It's, it's super fun. You know, don't watch on your iPad, throw it up on the, <laughs> on the widescreen and just kick back. You know, and the thing is, you can get up, get popcorn. You're not going to miss anything. <laughs> Just keep it running. <laughs> you know, it's 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 awesome. It's freaking awesome. And and don't um, just watch it on the big screen. Make sure like you've got like your best sound system going. Because, turn it to eleven. Oh my god! It's just. It's the sound design on this film is so excellent. Like you just hear everything happening in 360. It just, it puts you right in the middle of it. By the way, I kept referring to the rate two as redemption and it's not, it's just the rate two. Um, the, it's all very confusing, but, uh, but yeah, watch this thing uh, on a big screen, watch it with a great sound system. Like just, just clear everything out and just, and truly just, just drink it in. Watch it with someone you love. Watch it with somebody you love. <laughs> yeah, it's my pick for Valentine's Day week. <laughs> for Love Story Week. I was going to say, that would not surprise us, given your history of, of, of some of the, the movies you've made your wife watch with you on your honeymoon. Right? And, or go um, see it with your mom. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Ooh, actually, this is so violent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great pick. 
Great pick. Now that brings us to Thursday, which I didn't expect to be in such a difficult situation. On, uh, I figured the, the low-lying fruit would have been picked by now from the tree. You figured um, wrong. You know, the fact that, uh, that um, you know, look, the 10-ton gorilla is not, um, has not been picked. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful we can return to it on Friday because I'm not going to pick it. Crouching Tiger, we've talked about. It's 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 it was featured on a previous episode, uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there either. Um, and I, I do believe during Tarantino week we did Kill Bill, didn't we? Or yeah, so the, so I that's good. That else, yeah. So I'm, it really comes down to two films for me since I'm uh, um, and I'm gonna go. I'm a big Johnny Toe fan, and um, I, I, given the fact that I hated Wonder Woman so much this week, I'm going to go with another film with a Wonder Woman that I love. And of course, I'm talking about Anita Mui and the heroic trio. An evil emperor of the underworld is using his power. It's unnatural. To create an army of darkness. The world will belong to me. He can be beaten. Let's get serious. Now, three extraordinary superheroes must unite in the most fantastic triple threat of all time. You want it? Come and get it. Um, which is uh, a fantastic. It's not fantastic. Let's not lie. It's not fantastic. It's, su- it's super fun from the 90s. It's Johnny Cho. It's, it's uh, basic. And this, by the way, for all of you who know Michelle Yeoh from like Tomorrow Never Dies and God Help Me Discovery, uh, this is the Michelle Yeoh I know right. and that I, I love. Um, she, you know, she starts as the villain in the movie. Um, she works for, uh, 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 I would say, uh, a villain straight out of Big Trouble in Little China, but of course, the villain in Big Trouble in Little China is inspired by all these movies. Yeah. So it's not really, it, it, you know, if anything, it's 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 cultural appropriation in the best way. Um, uh, and and she's stealing children uh, to create, uh, you know, an ar- an army of 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 of, uh, of children that will of children, army of children, not unlike the, the, the not unlike you know, right? a, a night not at Ashley's house. Yeah, exactly. Let me <laughs> interject. Having a small army of children, I don't think an army of children is a great plan. That's a very disorganized <laughs> army. It doesn't attack what you want it to attack. Sometimes it just wants to play with the enemy, right? It just gives the enemy. But you a know hug. how they can bring down, you know, they give oh. somebody who they, you got it all figured out. You got the day together. You know what you're doing. You, you have yep. a ton of obligations and it all goes to shit. So That's right. there you go. So, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock the plan. I think there's something to be said for this army of children. And of course, in addition, the, the heroic trio that takes three to make a trio. So besides uh, the, 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 um, uh, the wonderful uh, Michelle Yeoh and Anita Mui, the luminous who, who uh, uh, Maggie Chung, who oh, yeah. uh, she was doing movies like Irma Vep in France at the time, a ton of Hong Kong movies, freaking amazing. And uh, she's great in this movie. And there is just some fantastic martial arts action. Um, it's, 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 it's super fun. Um, in fact, when I sold DOA Dead or Alive based on the video game, you know, this was a big influence. In fact, it was one of the reasons we ended up hiring Corey Yoon. I mean, there are a lot of problems with DOA. Um, and some of that's in the casting. And, you know, some of the problems are in the script. A lot of problems with the script. But 
there's some really great action scenes. So I was thrilled to be involved with a movie that sort of pays homage to a lot of these movies that we love. I mean, we have a, there's a bamboo forest scene that's really great. So we have a couple of those cool scenes in DOA. It certainly wouldn't be my pick for this week. Let me tell you, uh, which is, um, but, um, but there's some, some really cool, cool things, uh, you know, in, in, um, in DOA, which was definitely supposed to be an homage to these kinds of films at the same time, sort of, adapt the video game which was hard because there really wasn't much of a plot to the doa video games uh, dead or alive and of course dead or alive was also a great series of hong kong movies a different dead or alive that wasn't based on the video game um but uh, heroic trio is my pick um and i think it, it's super fun i think it captures you know the spirit of these kind of films it has you know uh, one of the things that I think was great about the Hong Kong films about these kind of films is that they had very strong female protagonists. It wasn't always, you know, we, we know Chow Young Fat, we know Tony Lung, we know, you know, obviously Jet Li, you wouldn't know from this podcast, Bruce Lee, but I'm sure we'll get to that. And, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I think it was something that obviously Quentin Tarantino took with him when he did kill bill and, and based that movie all around the bride, Uma Thurman, because these movies long before, uh, um, American cinema was treating women as equals and giving them action roles. Usually they're the ones who are cowering in fear, being protected by the men and hitting people with flower pots. You know, Hong Kong was treating, you know, the women were just as kick-ass as the men, which is always a really cool thing. And I think you could look at a lot of these movies where that's the case. But, you know, Heroic Trio was kind of Hong Kong Charlie's Angels, but I'll take it over Charlie's Angels, particularly the remake, any time. <laughs> I will admit, I haven't seen Heroic wow. Trio, but I'm going to go freaking watch it. Oh, you should see it. Don't watch the sequel. The okay. sequel, The Executioners, is terrible, but the 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 uh, but the Heroic Trio is super fun. Okay, and you dig it the most because it has a total Big Trouble in Little China vibe. Okay, awesome. I'm in. Yeah, had yeah, yeah that's good. So okay, so that that's my pick for Thursday, which brings us to Friday. Oh my God, guys! And, like and Friday, there's so many things that we and people we haven't talked about for Friday. Well, Jet Li, like we could have easily nominated Hero, Jackie Chan. We could have easily well, nominated. That Police was Story. going to be my second pick. You know, it, I was deciding between Heroic Trio and Police Story Three, which was released here as Super Cop with Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan. There's never a cop around when you need one. But when this cop's around... One is all you need. But now, outnumbered and outgunned, even the toughest of cops could use a little help. Uh, which is just super fun where he has to go undercover as a bad guy to break out uh, Panther and uh, uh, Panther, man. Um, <laughs> Panther man, Panther <laughs> man, not Tiger man. That's the Panther, man. Panther man. And uh, it is so funny and it has some really great fights and has that wonderful defiant one fights where he's handcuffed to um, Michelle Yeoh, I think. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great in it. She's super funny. You see not only her chop sake, but her comedy chops as well. And um, it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful movie. All those police story movies are fun, but I just love uh, uh, Police Story 3. I just, and Jackie Chan is 
just uh, you know um, a force of nature in yeah. that movie, as he is in most films. I think people would take us out to be uh, horse whipped if we didn't mention 1973, Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Enter the dragon from Warner Brothers. Well, well, nobody's yeah, horse whipping well, us. No, yeah, they will. that should be the pick for Friday. <laughs> no, it, I, I absolutely think it should be the pick for Friday. I mean, the thing that's there's so many great things about that that movie, even like the story of it getting made. That the that the yeah. opening at the temple that Bruce Lee basically <laughs> insisted on it. The studio didn't want to do it, but the only way that Bruce would do the film is if he could do that. Yeah. And I have to tell you, it's it's kind of beautiful, right? It's like it's like you know. It, this is not an exhibition, you know, it's just the, the training is just awesome. Right. It's just, and it's his philosophy that's all contained in it, you know, and it's, it all sort of weirdly foreshadows the ending, you know, it's like the enemy, like, you know, uses illusions, you know, shatter the illusion and defeat the enemy. And like that amazing fight at the end with Mr. Han, where he's like, you know, in the, in the hall of mirrors, it's just, yeah. Fantastic. The lady from Shanghai. Right. Ending, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. It's just so uh, iconic. And, uh, and does anyone have that criterion set of the Bruce uh, Lee movies? I do. No, it's yeah. not, it's not. Oh, oh, oh right. Criterion does... did do it. Yeah. yeah. But before that it was shout factory and then criterion did that more recent one, which is supposedly great. I don't have it. And there's also, that was followed up by way of the dragon, mm -hmm. which was the first appearance of a martial artist that Bruce Lee discovered by the name of Chuck Norris. That's right. Yes. But yeah, of course, but Enter the Dragon. Oh, Enter the ahead, Dragon then. has the great crossover with the six million dollar man, John Saxon. John Saxon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like at least one of the Gene Roddenberry pilots was a Genesis Two that was that had John Saxon. Yeah, it was Genesis oh, yeah. Two. But I, in fact, I'm glad you said the John Saxon thing because I was gonna say, you know, John Saxon passed away this year. Yes. So I feel like we totally have to give it to Enter the Dragon. Be you know, out of respect to John. Saxon. Also, that Laudel Schifrin score is so great. It's yeah. so great. And the, the fight scenes are so great. And I think for people who haven't seen a lot of karate or kung fu or martial arts, everyone knows Enter the Dragon. Right. And, and, you know, and, well, and it was made for like no money. Yeah. And it's freaking great. And you, and you can't talk about modern kung fu films without talking about Bruce Lee. I mean, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, it's like Quentin yeah. had to kind of pay homage to Bruce, what I thought was right. a very loving way. But yeah. um, and what I yeah. thought, Steve, was very funny about your story about making your your kung fu movies and speeding up the camera <laughs> is a very famous story about Bruce Lee, who actually needed to slow down his punches because his punches were so fast that the camera, just camera would miss them. them. It would yeah. look like nothing happened on screen. <laughs> So we had to hit people less hard just for the, the, the cranking camera to, to pick it up. Um, just there's so much great shit. And like and his his whole life, it's just, um, you know, all the, the tragedy with his son, Brandon, who is like just on his way, I think, to being a, a, a major star. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, for me, kind of being the, the enthusiast here, I mean, I think before we, we settle on Enter the Dragon, just like a couple of honorable mentions would oh, be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, totally. But I will oh, say boy. about Enter the Dragon yeah, yeah, that it was such a huge influence on Quentin that even though, look, the bride dresses like Bruce from Game of, Game of Death, um, that, uh, you know, the Enter the Dragon, you can see, is such an influence on that movie you know, in a great way, just with amazing cinematography. Because right. Robert Richardson's cinematography on Kill Bill is absolutely stunning, in addition to, you know, being a, a wonderful script. And I just wish they would release the whole bloody affair here. I know. Because although it's played at the New Beverly, it's never actually played and have been released on Blu-ray. I mean, like Grindhouse, they released the whole you know, in various versions of Grindhouse, but they've never released Whole Bloody Affair. And I would love to see that because that film was really never meant to be two parts. And even I've though- been holding on, I've been holding yeah, off too. buying it ever since, waiting for the Whole Bloody Affair. So I never, I've never bought Kill Bill on Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah, and I really like those movies quite a bit. Um, yeah. But again, we've, you know, it, it, it's, it's the whole homage. I'd rather go to the films that, yeah, the real films like Enter the Dragon, which which paved the way for these these films that were to come. Um, but yeah, there's so many other um, movies that we could talk about. Um, yeah, you know, I, this, there's the uh, Ip Man, which was yeah. based yeah. on um, on the life of, uh, of of Bruce Lee's teacher. Yeah, um, which is so funny, by the way. Uh, the the climactic fight in that movie is Ip Man and like the, the guys who are like from the Northern style school and they're fighting in this beautiful house that Ip Man owns and he's responsible for and it's his wife and it's, and every time they break something, like the bad guy goes, oh, I'll pay. <laughs> he's like, God, I'm sorry. And at one point, like his kid comes comes biking in into the middle of the seat is like five years old. Because mommy said that if you started fighting in here, stuff would get broken. And then he just goes off. It's bananas. It's cool, but the fights are awesome. Um, I always thought that that was uh, intellectual property, man. Intellectual, yeah, exactly. <laughs> IP, IP man, man. <laughs> yeah. Now he works for Warner Brothers. Uh, there's Old Boy, which is right. fantastic. Which which has got like. So, just some truly crazy fight scenes uh, and the the infamous hallway fight which is basically shot as a oneer it's one wide shot um it's just following old boy as he's fighting all of these guys down a hallway and they descend on him they kick the crap out of him he gets back up he kicks the crap out of them he pushes them to one side it the, the camera and the actors are almost always in motion and you can tell it's one like there are moments where the unexpected happens and you see the actors dealing with it. Like at one point there's a bat that, that gets dropped, that gets, that rolls into frame. And you can just see, like, you just, you see it on the actor's face, like shit, there's a bat, but he knows he can't fall. So he just kind of kicks it out of the way and carries on with the scene. And it ends with, there's an elevator that opens full of dudes and our boy just smiles. And the next cut is that door opening and all of those guys falling out, dead, broken, messed up. It's awesome. And the final fight is just, it's violent. It's crazy. It has a great sort of weird twist, violent ending that's awesome. Um, so Old Boy is great, but I still think Enter the Dragon should should be our pick. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you how you you mentioned the elevator scene, and uh, you know how much contemporary American cinema owes a debt to um, Hong Kong and and you know Chinese cinema. I mean, look at the scene, that wonderful scene in Winter Soldier in the elevator. I mean, that's right out of like a Hong Kong Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Um, there's so many great uh, look. There's so many Bride with White Hair. I mean, I really like House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, which I Hero. think is, is terrific, you know. It was a film in 2006, but it's really more gunfu called Exiled, which I love, um, which is also, um, but it's more it's sort of a gangstery kind of thing, but it has some great martial arts in it. And of course, um, the uh, Colonel Gum episodes of the original Batman that uh, brought in uh, uh, the uh, Green Hornet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Kato did not want to get his ass kicked by Burt Ward. That's and right. I don't know if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is you know one of my favorite episodes the two-part episode yeah. piece of the action um of, i'm gonna of, give uh, a quick shout out to another sort of guilty pleasure uh kung fu movie that i grew up loving uh bruce lee the man the myth it's this cheap biopic of bruce lee starring one of the stars of the bruce ploitation uh craze that kicked in after bruce lee's death uh, kicked named- in he kicked in. He was re- he was uh, rechristened Bruce Lai, mm-hmm. and uh, and this movie it's it's basically a you know it's it's a biopic. So you see him making his films and developing his new technique of Jeet Kune Do, and it's just hilarious the way they engineer these random fights for him to have. Like he's he's hanging out with a couple of friends that are working on a road project in hong kong and this troop of like british soldiers comes jogging by and want them to move their barricade and but they can't move their barricade and, they, and the, the, big, the big british sergeant like shoves the guy down and bruce lee steps in and you know they have a big fight <laughs> you know it's just it's just crazy but it's uh it's uh, it's a good time well rob Cohn did the dragon the bruce lee story which i yes. did not see which i know a lot of people like yeah. um yeah i, so. I liked it and of course, you know, I mean, you know, there's the Jet Li movies, whether it's Fearless or Fist of Legend, um, you know. And Jet, Jet Li, great martial artist. I think the reason it is funny because every so often there's, you know, they'll say, well, this person is the new Bruce Lee. There's never going to be another Bruce Lee because right. nobody has Bruce Lee's charisma. Um, Jet Li is a great fighter, no question. But I don't know that he ever had Bruce Lee's accessibility or just kind of that, I don't know, man, like you just, you wanted to talk to that guy. Well, I would say if there's one person that has it, and I would advocate that since these are Kung Fu movies, could be a double feature Friday. Ah. <laughs> That's why I think we got to go with some, some Jackie Chan love. Cause Jackie Chan has an ah. incredible appeal. He's more of a, he's an amazing martial artist. I mean, he came up in that whole Peking opera style and he is you know an unparalleled martial artist and stuntman and you know obviously famous for doing all his own stunts and the outtakes at the end of the movies where you see him like getting hurt and and i I think that's a great idea Mm -hmm. to make friday a double feature you know to do and if we do if we do enter the dragon you know in tribute to bruce lee then it only makes sense jackie chan would be the second half of the but which jackie chan movie rush hour two i I, I would argue for police Hour three. three Rush Hour 3. <laughs> well, oh, you know, God. it seems like the, the big contenders are something, you know, uh, Super Cop uh, or uh, uh, Rumble in the Bronx mm-hmm. or, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the other one? Um, the Tuxedo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> P- police oh, Story. Police Story. <laughs> I'd go Super Cop 3. 
AKA Police Story Three Super Cop. Super Cop. Right. Uh, yeah, I look super I, cop. I can go great. along with that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Let's do it. Okay. That's a great week. Man, that's a great and you know what? <laughs> with the running times, it's probably still a one day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh that's that's great. So um well this was a fun week. This is a pound for pound, a very entertaining week for anybody who's going to interesting uh, way to start out the year. Yes. Well, we're not starting out the year because last year we did our New Year's resolutions last week. Oh yeah. So to begin our year after the New Year's Yeah, this will be our year's air this is our first uh week of new sh- I guess of well, that's what of, I mean. of theme weeks. Yeah, that's what but I we, mean. You know what? Maybe our New Year's resolution collectively was to broaden our horizons. Yeah, I don't think yes. so. No, no. <laughs> mm, no. But this will be our first themed week because New Year's theme. resolution wasn't really a theme. Theme. A theme. Theme work. Theme work. Right? Theme. A theme. <laughs> yeah, but we got a lot of great more shows planned for you guys coming up in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, we always appreciate the suggestions via Twitter at 430 Movie Podcast or on Facebook at the 430 Movie page um we do not have an instagram account but uh, we probably should um what could we put on it <laughs> just <laughs> duck face well we we could put each day the the what the the, the film is. oh yeah that idea. would involve work yeah. so if anyone wants to do that let us know <laughs> miller do you want to volunteer <laughs> we need a staff yeah we, we, do. Do. we need somebody who's who who will put up an image from that film each day to tie in with the film we need that a would be good but it ain't gonna be us so uh, <laughs> we need a we need a devoted kung fu disciple to uh, well uh, not necessarily kung fu of uh, movies yes. in general because it would be for the you know the well, whole year me, a, a kung fu-esque disciple i would say oh yes yes you're right he, like a padawan learner yes yeah exactly yeah yeah if we're gonna use the star padawan wars learner. <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, that's the thing. I think for all of us who are huge Hong Kong fans, you, you hear people talk about how incredible that fight was in um, Phantom Menace. And this is not to besmirch Phantom Menace. I'm not going to get into that. I know yes. some of you on this panel, esteemed colleagues of mine, love that movie. Uh, but I'm just saying that that fight, for whatever it's, it, you know, the music's great and for whatever it does well, it's still not like it doesn't hit the heights of great Wuxia. You know what? What we what we've seen in Hong Kong movies. That's why people were like so blown away, and I'm like, it's fine, but it's not like I, I've seen. You know, well, movies. to quote Bruce Lee, "You lack emotional content. This is not an <laughs> exhibition." <laughs> Kick me. Well said. And I, you know, I like that, that this kicking off and kicking off in January. It also happens to coincide with the new season of Cobra Kai That's uh, true. dropping on uh, Netflix. Which, if you guys haven't seen Cobra Kai, it is a delight. It's a. Really I would argue that the second season of that show is basically a kung fu movie. You got two kung yeah. fu schools like that are at each other's throats with the two masters who are going after each other. It's it's. I would That's argue that The Last Jedi is a kung fu movie, but with all the action taking place off screen. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and maybe not wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But I would say <laughs> that if, uh, if, you, um, you know, if you're a fan of, of, of Darren's pick of Shaolin Soccer, you can check out Ted Lasso on Apple. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you like soccer, if you like the British football, well, you're in for a treat with Ted Lasso. <laughs> By the way, there's another movie we could have we could have named uh, Stephen Chow's Kung Fu Hustle. Yes, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Kung Fu yeah. Hustle. 
I thought that when he first was talking about Stephen Chow, I thought that was his pick. And then he cagely moved it over to Shaolin Soccer. I did. I, I uh, over. Yeah, 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 very much so. So, okay, Monday, Steve. Monday is Master of the Flying Guillotine. Darren Docterman, your pick for Tuesday. Shaolin Soccer. Ashley Miller, Wednesday. The Raid. On Thursday, it's the Heroic Trio. And our double feature Friday, it's Enter the Dragon and Police Story 3, Super Cop. What a week! Woo! What a week! A week. That's I'm awesome. Ex- I'm exhausted. I'm delighted. <laughs> I know. I can't I can't wait till they dub us for the uh when the when the episode drops. <laughs> Great. So uh anyway, well and also we, we should say, look, if you're gonna seek out any of these films, find the subtitle versions where they exist. Don't watch the badly dubbed versions, you know. Yeah. Um uh, well, Although, there's always something to be of, said for the enjoyment of a badly dubbed version as that's, well. That's part of the charm of those 70s right. Hong Kong movies in, in my book. And, and I think, I don't know if I said it, but it, it, Master of Flying Guillotine, sometimes it's, you know, it's dubbed and subtitled within the same scene. Right. Yeah, you know, said, if I really had wanted to go out of the box, now that I think about it, since we're talking about the bad dubbings and we didn't bring up What's Up Tiger Lily, I would have, uh, I, would, I, I would have and should have proposed Kentucky Fried Movie. Uh, mm. That's uh, yeah, I understand. I uh-huh. understand that pick. Well, I like that's one of the things I like about I think at least when Miramax did uh, Super Cop, at least they had Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh dub their parts, yeah, their roles, which was good because it's really, I think, when you know the voice of an actor and they dub it with another actor's voice, it can you can be tell. very, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, unlike the Jackie Chan Adventures, which Steve wrote for. That's right. So I've worked with Jackie Chan, kind yeah. of. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't you didn't talk about that at all during this podcast. I mean, if Ashley can talk about working with Kenneth Branagh on Shakespeare Week, you could talk about working with Jackie guy. Chan. And then well, Jackie the- Chan kicked me in the face. <laughs> of course, the major difference is Ashley actually met and spoke to Kenneth <laughs> 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 Yeah, I guess there is that. So when we do... But uh, we'll, we'll come back and, and you can t- tell us George Lucas stories next time. But until then... Uh, unlike Ashley, uh, <laughs> I've never actually met or spoken to George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I, that is true. I've never met or spoken to George Lucas. Is that right? That's absolutely I thought he right. used to sit in your story conferences and everything on, on Clone uh, Wars. That, uh, it was a force ghost, man. We didn't do story conferences in first and oh. second season. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, Neither note, did George. Ashley, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. Great week. And we'll be back next week with an all new 430 movie. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, obey the stay at home orders if they have in your area. We don't want to hear any more stories about people getting sick. And uh, you got eight hours of inglorious Trexperts you can listen to. (laughs) (laughs) So until next week, uh, keep going to the movies. You got plenty of streaming channels to watch. And Eyewitness News starts now. Everybody was kung fu fighting. The 
This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production. Engineered by Bill Ritter for the Electric Surge Network.